Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, I have Christina Weary. She is a holistic health practitioner based out of San Diego. This was a great conversation, a great way for us massage therapists to get a good idea of what we could be doing in our downtime to help improve our business later on. I'm just going to jump right into it. Without further ado, here we go. kind of inadvertently for a long period of time <laughs> i know it's amazing and now we have a lot of time on our hands <laughs> so, i'm just i'm just doing podcasts like crazy that's cool yeah meeting everybody how are you what's going on um what is, i mean honestly the biggest change for me is that i am having time to work on the production of digital content that I typically don't take the time to produce because my business has gotten so strong that it's not necessary. Yeah. Um, it not necessary in the sense of immediate growth. Right. Um, and so I tend to put off the things that are like general business development because they're not immediately relevant. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. So let's, uh, before we go too deep into that rabbit hole, let's give everybody um, a quick and dirty explanation of who you are, uh, what you do, and, and how you do it, and why you do it, and all that fun stuff. Um, so I'm Christina Weary. I'm 33 years old. I'm a holistic health practitioner. Um, I specialize in the treatment and management of pain. Um, I have a private practice in Bankers Hill. Uh, it's a sweet little neighborhood in uh, downtown San Diego. Um, And what I do is corrective movement, neuromuscular therapy, um, and lifestyle recommendations to treat pain uh, completely holistically. Um, And my premise there is not that this is the only way to treat pain, um, but that it is where we should start. So um, any pain condition should, uh, really many conditions in general, um, we should start with the most natural and the least invasive possible therapy, um, and then progress as the body dictates that progression. So that's sort of, that's where I'm coming from. I'm certainly not anti-Western medicine by any stretch of the imagination. I come from a family of doctors. Both of my parents are doctors. Yeah. Um, I just, I think that there is, um, there has become a trend where when someone is in pain, the first recommendation is a surgery or an opioid, um, or perhaps now a benzodiazepine. Um, and those are among the most invasive possible treatments. Right. Right. Or, um, cortisone shots is the other thing too. That drives me crazy. And that's, uh, I think, uh, that's where we have the benefit is, we can spend time with people and give shit about them. We don't have to adhere to, you know, the 
10 or 15 minutes and then shoo them on out so we can make as much money as possible. And we're not dictated by um, insurance, which I think is really helpful because insurance is what pushes all that stuff. So um, what, what got you into this? What got you here? Uh, Well, is a, it is a convergence of a few different storylines in my life. Um, Like I think most, most passions are, Um, I, so my mother, um, is a, a Western medical physician, um, but she also was a hippie. (laughs) And so, um, I started doing yoga when I was 10. I started doing meditation and Tai Chi with her when I was 10. You know, I, I went to Zendo on Sundays, um, instead of church. Um, that's how I was raised. I, I grew up on a farm. Um, my 13th birthday present was a full size teepee. Um, and when it arrived, we actually had to um, pull all of the uh, uh, branches and bark off of the trees that would become the teepee poles and sand them down. Um, and that, you know, that was my little sanctuary out in our woods. So I, I had a, a slightly different childhood than many. Um, I was always drawn to the practices of my mother, I think partly because they were things that I really enjoyed and partly because I absolutely idolized her. I think she's one of the most remarkable human beings on the planet. And I know everyone thinks that, well, maybe not everyone thinks that about their parents, but many people who have good relationships think that about their parents, but, but truly my mother is, she's a Buddhist chaplain. Like she spends her life helping other people. She's amazing. Um, so that's, that's sort of one, one element of the story. Um, The other, uh, I think, significant element of the story is that in 2007, I was hit by a bus um, as a bicyclist. Um, I was doing a a year abroad in Sydney, Australia at the uh, Sydney University, and I was really into road biking at the time, and I was coming down a hill going really fast, and this bus was coming around a corner, and it was blind. Um, So I, I, the only reason I can ration that I am alive and um, and not dead is that I was moving very fast and the bus was not moving very fast at all. <laughs> so yeah. the, the majority of the impact was, you know, not from the bus, right? The majority yeah. of the impact was from me. Um, but I ended up with a bunch of metal in my body and um, I don't fully understand why. I think a lot of people have um, have attributed this to a, um, a, a socialized healthcare system. Um, I don't know if I buy into that or not, but um, essentially no MRIs or imaging were done of my body. Um, so the things that were very evidently broken were fixed, um, but I, I never had any kind of scan for a concussion. I didn't have any scans done of my spine. So there were a bunch of um, undiagnosed spine issues um, that continued to plague me for years. And um, I, I don't know why, again, and, but I didn't connect the chronic back pain that I had um, to this accident. And I think part of it was that I was young. You know, I was 20 when this happened and I just wasn't even part of my world experience yet to think, oh, this back spasm that I'm having might be related to this time that I got hit by a bus. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm 22 years old and I, you know, it just like didn't connect the dots, just didn't connect the dots. Yeah. So, that's, years I had this back pain. 
So you just keep going and I'm going to sit with the fact that you got hit by a bus. So just go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so I would have these spasms and they were gnarly. I mean, the first one that I had, uh, so I grew up in Vermont. I was going to the university of Vermont for school. Um, my apartment, I had to walk downstairs that were outside of the building to get to my car. And, um, middle of the winter, I don't know how familiar any of you are with Vermont, but this particular winter we hit 60 below with wind chill. So it's, it, was, it used to be really cold. It's not like that anymore. Like now yeah. we don't even get snow until January, but that's another, that's another podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Um, so anyway, so I'm walking on these really slippery stairs and I'm kind of like trying to stabilize myself and I get this seize in my back and I fell down this flight of stairs. Um, and just, I couldn't get up. I literally couldn't move. I was just laying in the snow at the bottom of these stairs just like had no clue what had just happened to me, right? I'm just like sitting there like, what the heck is happening to my body? And luckily I lived um, on top of a coffee shop. So people were kind of coming and going and someone said, are you okay? And I was like, I don't think I can stand up on my own. It was the craziest experience and I, I had no clue. I had no clue what was going on. So, you know, I had a friend said, oh, you should go to a chiropractor. So I went to a chiropractor, kind of felt better, mostly just laid around for a couple of days until it got better. And this is, this was the first episode and it just kept going. And, you know, it was every couple of months this would happen. And it seemed like um, each time it would happen, it would take longer and longer for my body to get back to a point where I would be mobile. Um, And that just sort of happened for years. And finally kind of came to a head in 2000 and this two, it was the early part of 2014. Um, I was living down here in San Diego and I woke up one morning and I, I literally could not walk. Um, I wasn't paralyzed. Like I could still move my toes. I could move my feet, but I was in so much pain and I had had so much nerve damage that when I tried to roll myself out of bed, my legs wouldn't support my body. And I just collapsed onto the floor. And it was freaky as all. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I was just like, what is happening in my body? Um, And that, that, that time was by far the worst. I mean, we're talking on a scale of one to 10, I was at like a 250 on the pain. Um, And I decided at that point that I I was done listening to what other people was telling me was going on with my body and I was going to find out what was going on and then actually get myself better. So that, that's kind of the, the big impetus for the work that I do now. Man. Aren't you fascinating? So, (laughs) so let's, uh, and then, so where'd you go to school? How did you get all the knowledge that you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, shit, that was the last, (laughs) I was like, whoa, just the very first like 10 minutes of the podcast. I'm like, cool. So I guess we're done then. (laughs) Man. All right. Carry on. What do we got? So, so what happened next was, um, I, I kind of, 
there were a few things that I had really wanted to do a number of different times. This kind of goes back to the like different, there, there are a few different lines that kind of converge, right? Um, I had wanted to do a teacher training in yoga for the first time when I was in high school. Um, my high school gym teacher gave us these projects and we had to present things to the class. And I decided that mine was going to be a six week yoga course that I would do at school, uh, like teach. Um, and doing that, I, I really enjoyed the teaching and really wanted to do a yoga teacher program after that. Um, and my parents, again, they're, they're both doctors, right? They're sort of like, we want better for our daughter. <laughs> so they sort of said, you know, you don't really make money like teaching yoga. So maybe you want to like go to school. Yeah. Um, so I did, right? I went to college. The, the next time that I wanted to do a, a teacher training, and like I just really had this feeling like this was what I was supposed to do. I had graduated from college. Um, I was living in Utah. I was working for the Sundance Film Festival and there was a yoga studio that I was going to every day. I loved their style and their instructors and it was just the right vibe. Um, and again, I kind of went back to my parents and they're like, yeah. You know, it was 2008, right? So uh, they're like, it's not like the best economy and like maybe you should be a little bit more protective of your finances and you know, you just got out of school and they weren't wrong, right? So right. I said, okay, you know, I won't. Um, and basically like I, I had this uh, moment in 2014 and how, let's see, how old am I? I'll be 34 in 10 days. And we're in 2000, so it was six years ago. How many years ago? Yeah, like six-ish years ago. Wow. Now it's like crazy <laughs> to think about things like that. That's the one thing about getting older, right? You start thinking about life in larger and larger chunks, and it doesn't feel like it's that much time. Well, so we're like-minded in the fact that we're just constantly going we're constantly moving forward how can i improve this how can i make this better how can i help people better what can i learn what do i do what don't i know uh, what don't other people know what can i teach them what can you know just always constantly going and then in times like this where you don't have much to do and you start working on all this other stuff you're like holy shit like i you know i had a friend that i was talking to that i met when i was 15 years old and i'm 38 now and I'm just mm -hmm. like, bro, we've known each other for right? decades. And you're just like, <laughs> seems like a year ago, we were riding BMX bikes around and, <laughs> all the totally. time. and, and you know, but now it's like, oh, that was two decades ago. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. you don't really know what to do with it, you know? No. So it's, it's hard to kind of, yeah. It is. Yeah. It's totally, it's this like very, it's, it is, it's ephemeral. Like there's right. no there's no basis in like something concrete where you can say 20 years is this it's like no I was literally that was yesterday what do you mean it was 20 years ago I know like I had my first cage fight 10 years ago uh last month and I'm like what <laughs> how did that happen I'm like why did I do that and like <laughs> that was that was something I did I know and you're just like I watched the video and I was like oh I you know that was pretty cool. I'm <laughs> glad I didn't continue down that route, but you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know, just, it's, it's a trip. Life is weird. And life is weird. And life is weird. And humans are super weird. So carry on with your story. Humans are super weird. 
So, okay, so six years ago, I would have been 28 years old. So I guess finally at 28 years old, I didn't need my parents' permission anymore. No. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I enrolled in this uh, yoga teacher training program and I, I had reinvigorated my meditation practice um, starting about 18 months before this had happened. And um, there's, I, it's not as popular right now, but at the time there was a, um, an eight week course in mindfulness called MBSR, which is mindfulness-based stress reduction. Um, and there was a lot of hype around MBSR at the time. It, it's a program that was created over 30 years ago in the 70s by this gentleman who ran the chronic pain clinic. He still does run the chronic pain clinic at the University of Massachusetts. Um, uh, hospital, so their School of Medicine's hospital, and his name is is uh, John Cabot Zinn, um, and there was a bunch of hype about MBSR, um, and I had a very deep meditation practice and a very deep history with meditation, so I thought, you know, I'll, I'll do this also, um, and I I knew that there was mindfulness in the application of treatment of pain, um, and that made sense to me, sort of in my head. Um, and, and then I knew that, um, that prescriptive movement, obviously, was commonly used for treating chronic pain. And I had gone into physical therapy, but I wasn't really seeing a lot of change. Um, and the thing that I, I kept hearing myself say was, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? And I, I really didn't have any sense of how my body was moving. I didn't have a sense of how it was supposed to move. I didn't have a sense of how I was doing it. Um, and I, I just kind of felt like the, the notion of proprioception, right, is um, having an awareness of yourself in space as you relate to other physical objects in shared space. And I, I just really felt like I had none of that. Like, you know, obviously I wasn't like bumping into things all the time, but I just had no sense of how my body was moving. Um, and, and kind of the information that I was getting in physical therapy was that um, there were many ways that I thought I was achieving a certain target, moving in a way that I understood I should be moving, but I was not actually achieving that target. Um, and it was unsettling, right? To kind of feel like I really didn't know how to move my own body. And, and so I kind of rationalized to myself that I was gonna go through this yoga teacher training um, and finally understand some of the fundamental biomechanics, right? Of the body, like how is the body supposed to move? What does that look like? How does that feel? Um, so those are the places where I started. And everything about this whole process of taking me from what I was doing. So my, my education and, and what I did before what I do now was all in business and marketing um, to what I'm doing now was really just a one step after the other. It was just kind of doing the next indicated thing. And I let myself learn and study what I wanted to. And, and so sort of in the process of doing one course, you know, someone would say, you might want to look into this. And, and I would look into it. And I was like, yeah, actually, I do want to learn that. And then it, it was just sort of this sequential process. 
Um, so I have a lot of different certifications. Um, I, I keep it simple and say that I'm a holistic health practitioner because I think it's obnoxious when people tell you that they are 40 different things. You know, <laughs> like I've done this and I've done that. And you're just like, oh, that's great. Cool. Well, that's in, in one, a few podcasts ago, that's like one of those things too. It seems like this has been going on for a really long time, but it hasn't really. Yeah. You know? And so I've done so many podcasts, but, um, you know, oh, it was with uh, Dr. John Campione of Rock Tape, but he was like, you know, so just talking about your elevator pitch, like, what do you do? Yes. Uh, I'm a massage therapist, kind of. And, and, <laughs> that's, that's really engaging. Right. And I'm a strength coach, kind of. <laughs> um, but there's a lot there, you know, so it's like, what, what do you need? Let's talk that that that's easier. You know, like, yeah. where's your pain coming from? Well, let's talk about that because that's easier for me to ex uh, explain than what it is I actually do, you know, because yeah. it's just a, a myriad of different things. And so um, my whole thing is like making humans better being human. And so, you know, like um, I took a million certifications as well. And I'm one of those uh, people that's blessed with a fucking attitude to where I just get in there and start applying it. Yeah. And I understand that I have this base knowledge that I can still help people with. Yes. And so if I fail miserably at this new thing I'm trying to do, then I can go back to that base knowledge. Right. Yes. And so yeah. I've figured out how to successfully integrate all these things to where I'm just like, I, I just make you better at being you because right now you kind of suck and that's why you're in pain. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and so we need to, yeah. You, you move badly and you move badly because you're in pain. So we need to unpack your pain mechanism and figure out if it's a bio, psycho, social, whatever it is. And yeah. figure out what's, you know, it's like, that's one reason why I love my job so much is because it's like a little mystery every time somebody comes in. Isn't like, it? It's the yeah. best. It I is know. so much fun. It's it so is. much fun. I love working with a new client because it's, it is, it's, it is, it's a puzzle. Right. Yeah. And you really get to dive in there and figure it out. And it's always a combination of things. And it's, it's so much freaking fun. It's it is. So much fun. And the reason why I got so many certifications is because I kept running into gaps in my knowledge that I couldn't stand yeah. having. Like, why isn't this working? Like, totally. What am I not doing with this person? Right. And then I take a course and I'm like, oh, and there's always that person in the yeah. back of your head, when you take the course, you're like, son of a bitch. And then you start texting them. You're like, make an appointment on Tuesday. You know what I mean? Make an appointment on Tuesday. Mm, that person, make an appointment on Tuesday. And you just have <laughs> this log of these people in the back of your mind that just drive you crazy because you couldn't figure them out. And then you find yeah. one modality that helps that one person. And then you're just like, oh God, what else? What else do I need? What so, I guess, totally. And, you know, and we live in this age of information which is really interesting so you can look up stuff on anything and yeah. they have courses for everything literally so, you know like if you're not taking advantage of that i just don't and you can learn more outside of traditional college education than you yes. can because everything all these education courses that people are putting out right now all this con ed is applicable Yes. You know what I mean? So like, um, and I've said it a million times on this podcast where people are like, God, shut up. But it's like, you know, when I was in 
college and I was taking anatomy and physiology and we were going through the women's menstrual cycle. I'm like, why do I need this? How, <laughs> like, how does this help me if this person has like a rotator cuff injury or if they have low back pain or whatever it is? But then the further I get into my education, I'm like, oh, if this woman is not having a menstrual cycle, that's a huge problem. We yes. need to unpack that first before we get yeah. to whatever their back pain is. Yes. You know what I mean? Because that probably means they're chronic stress. And if they have chronic stress, then they have high cortisol. And if they have high cortisol, then they have chronic inflammation. And that's where their back pain's coming from. And also yeah. why they're not having a menstrual cycle. So let's yeah. figure out, like, quit your job, lady. Like, let's start there. Yeah. And so it's uh, a... Totally. Yeah, I don't know. Super fun. Um, so no, it's so funny that you say that. I mean, and it also it goes the other way, right? Like if yeah. there are certain flares at certain times in the menstrual cycle. Yeah. And then you can sort of start to unpack that because right. you can follow the endocrine chain, yeah. right? And you, like there, I I say all the time that the body is a complex series of systems, and they all impact each other. And whenever you're looking at one piece of the puzzle you are missing literally like millions of other factors right. it's so important I, I mean yeah it's so important to have as much um readily available knowledge and then enough readily available knowledge of what you don't know so right. that you can seek that out when it's necessary right and then also have people that you can reach out to which is one of the benefits of this podcast is I reach out to everyone that I find is interesting and has knowledge that not only I need to know but everybody else needs to know as well right and so um, you know like Dr. Perry said the human body's under no obligation to make sense to you and so <laughs> if you can just you know like we're just guessing for the most part and people like David S. Butler who have been studying pain for a mm -hmm. long time are still studying pain because he doesn't know shit about it. And so right. like, we're just like, we're, we're just scratching like, the surface. I know. And every time that guy comes out with a new video, you're like, what? Okay. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> and so, um, and it's, we're just figuring all this stuff out all at once. And it's uh, like you said, just so interesting. And that's just one of the bummers about not being able to be doing my job right now is, you know, like, and, but it's so much more, interesting because I'm really starting to try and push the telehealth portion of it. Yeah. And so, which is really enhancing my listening skills, which is interesting because I'm a podcaster, you know what I mean? And <laughs> <laughs> so then you just really have to listen and figure it out, be innovative on how those people can help themselves in this situation, because it's like one of those things where when people are like, when's this over? And everybody shrugs their shoulders. Like, I don't know. Like, cool. So how are you figuring that out? You know what I mean? And it's, uh, and that's why I thought it was interesting that you were asking that question because I have a lot of people who are just like, I might not open my doors again. And you're like, well, why? Why? I know. So that's what I'm saying. So like, cause we, you know, I practice out of a gym. I have a massage room in the back and everything's integrated. So it's all movement back on the table, whatever it is um, nice. that the person needs. Um, but you know, our landlord needs to make a living too. So if they're not, if we're not paying them rent, then, you know, I immediately had a, the worst case scenario planned out. Like, where can mm. I train my people? Mm. I can have a massage room out of my office in my house, whatever. Mm. Like, I never thought for a second that I would ever just stop doing it. No. You know what I mean? It's just super weird. I don't know. 
this is such a weird time and it's really um, exposing the mindset of a lot of people, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. That I could not agree more with. It is fascinating to yeah. watch everyone's reactions and, and responses to what is happening. Um, and I, you know, I try not to be an inflammatory person. Um, I think we all, we all have our opinions and we all have our thoughts. And, and I, I do ascribe to the camp that sometimes those are better kept to yourself. Um, but it, I wish that there were more sentiments of a growth mindset mm -hmm. and fewer sentiments of victimhood and fear. Yeah. It's funny because uh, I was talking, my, I did two podcasts in a row, which is usually pretty dumb, but I'm having a great time today. You know, so it's, <laughs> it's dumb in the fact that I really have to concentrate for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, so, it's tiring. Yeah, yeah. So, but we were talking about um, how beneficial uh, being a martial artist is in these times, right? So, you know, coronavirus started kind of cropping up in the narrative back in like January. And then mm -hmm. it started getting more serious in February. And then mm -hmm. it came to America. And then ever since then, it was like waiting. Like I saw a perfect meme that had John Luke Picard sitting in his little chair and it just said damage report. And that's what it was like every day. When you woke <laughs> up. Like, what are we doing? I don't yeah. know. Okay, cool. I'll just wait. You know, <laughs> like, and so, but it's like jujitsu, like you're just waiting to see mm. what happens next. And then you're responding to whatever happens next instead of trying to anticipate it. You know mm. what I mean? And so now we're in it. So now it's like a different type of anxiety, which is like, well, when does this end? Like, who knows? But what are you doing in the meantime? What are you doing right mm. now? Right. And so like, I keep saying, like, if you're worried about the arm bar, then you're going to get choked. And so like, um, you know, just the, 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 just giving people tools on what to do, mm -hmm. you know, that's like my first thing and understanding that, you know, there's a lot of people that are out of work right now that need those tools. So yeah. it's how we respond during this event that people are going to remember, Oh, that guy gave me a bunch of free information. Now I'll buy it from him or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, so I'm using this time to build up and then launch. Yeah. And so it's, uh, you know, like the Gary Vaynerchuk thing where you give, 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 and then ask, yeah. you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, and you know, just like the, the coaching of my online kin stretch is, is like, I just have to keep coaching and I have to stay sharp on that because there's so much instruction and so much detailed movement that has to be going on mm -hmm. with people. Um, and I can't be there to give them tactile cueing. So I have to just really focus on, like, especially when I'm doing the movements where my compensations are and then expressing my corrections that I'm doing while so that because they're probably compensating that way as well. And so it's just this big, huge thing. And then like kind of what we were talking about earlier is, uh, you know, the integrative side, like people have a really hard time doing that. And I've taken a lot of education courses with a lot of people that don't use a lot of that education because they don't a know how to integrate it and be are afraid of failure which is really <laughs> bananas because you're you know gonna fail yeah 100 <laughs> always and that so, is a that is a fact 
of life. <laughs> right. And so like, especially when you're doing something as like complicated as like uh, the um, neurokinetic therapy, the, the neurological muscle testing, you're yes. going to screw it up. Yeah. 100%. Yes. And then, you know, man, it's just so screw it up more often so that you won't screw it up later. Like exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and it really, it is all in how you present this stuff to your clients, right? right? So if you're going to try something new, tell them, tell them you're going to try something new. Say, Hey, I don't know if this is going to help you or not. I'm, I'm not sure, but I want to give it a try. Um, I think that there might be some benefit. Let's see what happens. Right. right? I, like, I think that I, and I, I, I don't know if how this will land for you, but you know, give me your thoughts. Um, I think that the challenge for many therapists in our line of work is that they really don't have any training in a therapeutic environment. And so they really don't understand how to build a therapeutic container and how to manage the, the therapeutic relationship. Right. And the therapeutic relationship itself is responsible for so much of the healing, right? right? Like the things that we do are this much of that equation. Right. You know, relationship itself is like this much of that equation. Right. And so basically you're giving people the key to the gym. Yeah. They have to go in, you know what I mean? And so like, um, and it's, it's funny because I figured out how to like break it down into steps and I'm, I'm in the process of, uh, writing an ebook about how to integrate all this stuff and kind of a step-by-step -step process on what to look for. You know, because when people come into pain with pain, a majority of the time, it's kind of the same thing, which is weird, yeah. like across the board. Yeah. And so you just ask the questions yes. and then you get the answers. Yes. Okay. So you have pain. When did it start? Well, I bent down to pick up my sock. Okay. Well, that's not know, when it started. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you became aware of it. Right. Humans are inherently robust and you can pick up a damn sock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Stop> it. <laughs> so <laughs> let's figure out, you know, and it's, is it, you just start it, the, with that series of questions, you can start figuring out if it's inflammation, mm -hmm. if it's some type of muscle dysfunction, if it's some type of whatever it is, you can just figure it out. And, um, and then you just go through and, you know, palpate, you know what I mean? Well, my back hurts. Cool. So if you palpate all the major lymph nodes in the body and they all hurt real bad, it's probably inflammation. You know yeah. what I mean? so, And then, <laughs> but then you seem like some kind of wizard just because you know more about their body than they do. And then yep. you're just like, well, I just know where to go. I know the path of inflammation. You know what I mean? And it's just, I don't know. So, and, but we also have to understand that what's basic knowledge to us isn't for other people. Oh. And that goes with like business too, right? So, um, you know, when it's funny because with this podcast, a lot of massage therapists don't want to come on because they feel like they don't have anything to talk about, which is really funny because I'm like, how long have you been a therapist? 10 years. You know, who hasn't been a therapist for 10 years, somebody just starting out. So what yeah. makes you think that you don't have that information <laughs> that they need? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah, give it a it's rest. wild. It's so funny that you say that. So, um, 
I have been mentoring new entrepreneurs for the past five years. And it was really just something that started because I met a young woman um, and she was 19. Um, she had chosen not to go to college. She had a business concept that she was really excited about. It was a good one. And she just didn't know what to do. I knew how to help her. So I did. Um, and then that just kind of naturally evolved into she asked me if I would help out another person that she had met. And so I did. And it was just kind of like one of these things. Right. Um, and I started doing a, a structured mentorship program this year. Um, and it's been, it's been really cool because it's, it's the first time that I have tried to systematize what it is that I have done over the past five years. And, um, and it's been really interesting to watch the shortcomings of many new entrepreneurs and, and really sort of see where they struggle. And the, the, the program that I'm doing right now is all about digital tactics. And the first assignment that they have this week, one of the elements of it is to write down a list of brilliant thoughts. So the things that they, they think about, you know, that they know are intelligent, right? And because you, you do, you have, you have like a brilliant thought sometime in your day and you're like, oh, that was good. Yeah. Right? You kind of like mentally pat yourself on the back. You're like, I'm so smart. So it's funny because my wife's always like, what do you do in the shower? And I'm just like, I think of all the shit I need to know. <laughs> and it's like, that's where I get all of my brilliant thoughts. I'll just be standing there and I'll be like, oh, I got to write that down. And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? And everyone is struggling with it. Yeah. They're all coming back and they're like, I don't know what to put here. I'm like, how? I have one woman. She has written a book. And she came back. She was like, I don't know what to write down in my brilliant thoughts. I was like, you wrote a book. <laughs> I mean, a book has to be brilliant in order for you to, you know, people to sell it or buy it. You know what I mean? So Exactly. And so I like, I think that we just, I think that there, there is a, a subsect of people who are really good at valuing themselves and they are the ones who make money. Well, they're the right? ones that also make progress. And yeah. so it's funny when you were talking about like people starting a business, it's like the same thing as like integrating something in your massage practice. Well, what do I do? Well, you go fuck it up. Exactly. <laughs> and then what? You probably fuck it up again. And then <laughs> eventually you find out what works and what doesn't because what, works for you might not work for me based off of um, the population that we're working with the the income relative to housing costs whatever it is there yeah. there's all kinds of different variables and yeah. so you can give me a template of what worked for you and it might work for me some stuff I take some stuff I don't you know what yeah. I mean and that's like exactly how these education courses work yeah. like I didn't take the entirety of functional range conditioning, I took what works for me and yes. then I left the rest on the table. You know what I mean? The same totally. thing with like everything else. And yeah. so, um, you know, and then you run across those clients that need that one thing that you left on the table, but luckily you have the notes and exactly. you back and get it right. So exactly. it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Um, and maybe you can speak on this a little bit, but one of the biggest struggles that I have had with, my practice personally is 
influencing people to take care of themselves because, because that's right. So like if I had, if like, you know, I have these, these clients that finally come into me mm-hmm. and then I do my thing and then they're like, Oh my God, you're the best. I'm like, Oh, stop. And then they <laughs> go yeah. out and tell everyone. But then maybe, so if they tell 30 people, maybe one or two come in. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's, we live in this day and age where, you know, it's really difficult to get people in the mindset to, to value themselves as you were speaking earlier to take that leap forward and understand that back pain isn't normal or knee pain isn't normal. And we just adapt to all this weird shit. Like I'm going to tell you one story and then I'll let you go. So I had, um, not let you go like off the podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, you know, I had a client come in, she finally came into me. Um, I was uh, coaching her at a CrossFit gym that I worked at at the time. And she kept talking about her back pain. She finally comes in and I work on her for an hour and she stands up and she's like, Oh, well now my back is numb. And I'm like, numb. So I keep, I start poking around and she's like, well, I feel all that. And I'm like, no, it's not numb. It's just not in pain anymore. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, you're not supposed to be aware of your back all the time. Like, <laughs> so like what you, what you were saying with proprioception earlier, like you shouldn't be aware of your low back until you move it. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. What do you got? That's Go. so funny. That's so good. <laughs> okay, so... There are, uh, there are a few things that like popped into my head off of what you said. The first thing is that I, you know, I, I personally, I don't want to work with anyone that's not already motivated right. in person because I, I know my limitations enough to know that I am not going to motivate you. Mm. If you are not intrinsically motivated and this is true, I think for anybody, right? We human beings, we have to be intrinsically motivated in order to do something that cannot come from an extrinsic source. It doesn't work like that. Um, so if you are not already motivated to get out of pain, I am not the solution for you. Um, I get very frustrated when I have someone who continues to not do the work that I'm telling them to do. I've fired clients. I'm like, listen, I'm not the therapist for you. (laughs) If you continue to not do the things that I'm telling you are going to make you feel better, I don't want you to come back into this office and tell me that you're still in pain. I know why you're in pain. You're not doing the things I told you to do. At this point, you know, what you, what you need is not a pain therapist. What you need is a psychiatrist. <laughs> like yeah. You need someone to sit down and talk through this, this, whatever it is that you have blocking you from taking care of yourself. And that's not my area of expertise. I can't do that for you. But, um, I, I have been wanting to figure out a way that I could get people from that point to the point that I want them to be before they get into my office. So I actually created a course um, on this exact thing. And so it's three months long and um, I'm, it's all, I'm almost ready to publish it. I have to like create two more PDFs and then it's getting published tomorrow. Um, but the entire um, course is based off of really simple tactics that help you 
build awareness of what it is that's holding you back and helps you create really simple steps that you do on a weekly basis over this three month period of time to get yourself to a point where creating change and doing new things is not scary or foreign anymore. Sure. And so, it, you know, it's, it's not like in those three months you become the best human on the planet, but in those three months you get to the point where creating new habits is a skill that you have now developed. And it's something that you are able to replicate whenever you need to create a new habit, right? You have this very clear system of how to do that. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about releasing it. I'm excited to see people use it um, and to make adjustments to it. You know, it's, I think the single most challenging aspect of any type of therapy is whether, is compliance. Right? It's whether or not your client is doing the work that you talk about in the therapeutic context. And that goes across the board. That's no matter whether you're a doctor or a therapist, uh, you know, a, a psychotherapist, or you're a physical therapist, or you're an occupational therapist, or you're a messiah, like it doesn't matter. The only thing that is either helping your client move forward or patient move forward is compliance. Right. And so that's funny. Um... Man, and it's it's hard to talk about this without sounding like I have a, a scarcity mindset. Sure. Um, but so going back to the compliance thing before I jump into the whole potential scarcity mindset thing. So the one thing that I do with people is coach them. Mm. And so if they're coming into my office and their stuff is inherently complex and they need like a movement practice, then I provide that for them. Mm -hmm. which is, which is inadvertently prepared me for this situation that we're currently in right now, because all of those coaching clients have transitioned into online coaching. Mm -hmm. and so that's how I'm paying my bills. Because if I was just a massage therapist, then I would just be scrambling to figure it out like everybody else. But now that my, my baseline bills are covered, mm -hmm. like rent, student loans, credit card, cell phone bill, all that stuff is covered, then I, there's not as much anxiety. And so I can take my time in putting out the products that I'm trying to put out right now. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, going back to this potentially uh, um, scarcity mindset is, you know, th that influence of people to come in and address what their problem is. Because yeah. from, from my experience, a majority of the pain is psychological, not physical. Mm hmm and so if you, I think that, you know, um, man, and this is the hard part about like the therapeutic massage space is like, you can still kind of sound woo woo, but like, I think, <laughs> I think energetically people understand that if you come into me, I'm going to make you deal with your shit. Mm. And a lot of people are really afraid of that. Right. And so they avoid me because of that, because mm. I'm like, Oh, let's talk about what happened when you were 13 that started the cause of your back pain. They're like, I don't want to do that. I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, yeah. um, so that's a thing that I have, but it's also, um, we, and you're a massage therapist too, correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so then it's the, the societal narrative on what massage therapists do, which is totally. really, which is really difficult. And what I am trying to, like, I feel like my purpose on this planet is to make, massage therapy a legitimized rehabilitative profession mm -hmm. 
Mm. That's, that's as respected as Kairos and PTs, right? Yeah. Um, and so one reason why I have the podcast, right? And then, um, man, I just lost my train of thought kind of. So, no, that's okay. yeah, so it's, uh, so the societal narrative, that's where I was. So, you know, people think that you either get a spa massage mm-hmm. or you're a six foot five German lady named Helga that just jams elbows into spines, right? And that's all <laughs> they know. And so when people come in, they're just like, hey, I need some deep tissue. I'm like, do you? What does that mean? <laughs> like, Are you sure? <laughs> right. And so, you know, we, uh, as a profession, we kind of have an uphill battle unless we want to fit into that societal narrative, which is mm. kind of frustrating and difficult. And, you know, and, um, you know, my other problem too is that my practice doesn't facilitate return clientele because mm. I f- fix what your problem is. Sure. And that's a bad business practice, right? <laughs> so like, if you have low back pain and I make you come, if I make it go away, then you don't need to come back to me anymore. You know, like, I'm, but I'm not comfortable with having people come in like once a week and I just mess around. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like, totally. It's like these, all these weird new problems that I'm having to navigate trying to figure out this uh, business model. You understand what I'm saying? I do. I totally do. You know, so I'll tell you, um, how how long have you been in in business for yourself? Uh, So I started in 2015. So five years. Okay. Okay. So I didn't start my practice until two years ago. Um, And there was actually one full year where um, I was in a doctoral program because I I thought that my next step was a, was a doctoral, a, a doctorate. And, um, and then I realized that that was, I didn't actually need to go that far. So I, I pulled out of school. Um, I didn't start focusing on my business really full time until December of 2018. So 2019 has really been the, the first year that I've been in my practice. Um, and I reached a completely full practice in the first three months of focusing on it. And the way that I approach my business is I am as professional as I can possibly be. Um, I work to establish expectations in the beginning. Um, and what I have seen in terms of um, client retention is that people want to keep coming back, not because they're still in pain, but because they're experiencing something different in my office than what they get in their daily life and in the experiences that they have with other people. So my, my return client is not because I haven't gotten them resolution, but because they just enjoy the experience of being in my office. Um, and so obviously we decrease frequency, right? They're not still, still coming in every week. Um, maybe I see them twice a month. Maybe I see them once a month but they want the experience that we have together. Um, And that has been an unanticipated experience. I did not think that I would end up having this community of people um, in my clients. 
um, I really expected there to be more of a revolving door. And so I'll, I mean, I'll share a good number of my clients have continued to pay me for their sessions for this month simply because they, they want to, you know, like I haven't solicited for that. They're not paying for future sessions. They're just paying for their sessions, even though they can't come in because that's, it's, I, I don't even know why. Right. I mean, like I could hypothesize, but so it's, I, I don't know. There is, there is a unique magic in the relationship, I, you know, and I, I really hold to that, that, that the, the healing is in the relationship. Mm, that's interesting. And I've been talking about that a lot because that's, uh, you know, the first step is giving a shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like when people yeah. come in and they, they're just like, I ask them what's going on and then I listen to what they have to say and then I respond. They're like, Oh, he heard me. I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I've had yeah. a lot of clients that are just like, God damn it. I just can't yeah. get on top of this. I'm like, well, let's talk about it. You know what I mean? And then I have yeah. some clients that make appointments just to come in and talk. Yeah. And then they just blow it off and then feel better. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. But then I'm listening without judgment. I'm not, you know, it's just the, the, like you're, you're right. The power of the, the relationship is huge. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's easy to get caught up in comparing yourself to others. You know, well, why is this person so successful? Well, they're not you and they're not in your situation and they're, you know, I'm, uh, I'm really good at just building relationships with people just even at the coffee shop. You know what I mean? And it's just because I care. Like there's only one coffee shop that's in town that's open right now. And I go there once a week because I can't really afford to go like multiple times in a week. But that guy already knows my name. I've been in there three times. Yeah. It's because I just sat there and listened to him talk about his struggles with trying to stay open and having to let people go and being really upset about having to lay people off like these people that he he hired on and you know like him kind of going back to doing it by himself instead of you know having these employees around and you know it's just uh just man just giving a shit just start there yes. you know <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i can't tell you the number of people that i have in my office who say i don't no one has ever asked me that before and we're talking people that have seen doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor. I'm like, how? How? Yeah. It's how really, has this never been asked? It's really weird. And it's really sad. And I've been running into that a lot. So, you know, like 2019 was really rough for me. So, um, you know, I had a, a, a shared practice with a CrossFit gym and then ended up leaving the CrossFit gym. And none of my clients from the CrossFit gym came with me. Ugh. because of like the brand loyalty or whatever, mm. you know? And so that was really hard. And then, um, you know, just a series of just events after one after the other, where I was just like, God, give me a break. But one of them was, um, my, my dog, I have a German shepherd. He's four years old now. Mm. Um, but at three and a half, his face really got really swollen. And so we take him into the vet and they're just like, Oh, it's just allergies. And I'm like, okay. 
is it? <laughs> yeah, like, mm, I know I'm not buying it. Because he can't open his mouth and he can't chew and he's in pain. And so yeah. we start giving him allergy meds and it doesn't go away. And then a month later we take him back and they're like, oh, it's actually masticatory myositis, which is an autoimmune disorder where his immune system's literally consuming the muscles in his face. And I'm like, okay, those are two different things. Really different. Wildly different. One yeah. of them's like, kind of don't worry about it. And the other one's yeah. like, your dog might have to have surgery to put a hole in the side of his face so he can eat. Yeah. You know, like pay attention and like second guess yourself because yeah. you could have given us a good diagnosis. A month ago. Right. And then we would have been way ahead of it. Yeah. You know? And then a month later, the guy that I run the gym with, he, his kid um, got sick. He had a, um, had the flu. And then a couple of days in, he's like walking funny. So they take him to the hospital. And they're just like, oh, he just has growing pains in his legs. And then the next day, he's even more in, ex in more excruciating pain. So they take him back and they're like, oh, so he actually has rhabdo from the flu. And if you didn't bring him in, he would have died. And you're just like, what are you guys doing? And so this is like what I've come to expect from, unfortunately, the traditional medical system is just like, oh, this is it. Just get out of my face okay, that's not the problem. And so, you know, just like what I was explaining with the, with the onset of this coronavirus and how it's going to affect my business, it's like the same thing when a client comes into me. Okay, how are you feeling? What's going on? Let's talk about it. Let's unpack it. And then I start working it and I'm like, okay, so this isn't working. So what now? What are we doing now? And then I move on to the next thing. Okay, this isn't working. Okay, so this is what this is. Let's unpack this. Let's get in there and figure that out instead of just being like, oh, well, I guess I screwed that up. I'll see you next time, maybe. You know? <laughs> like, what are you doing? It just doesn't make sense. God, so weird. Um, yeah, that's all I got on that, but you know. Yeah, no, I couldn't, I could not agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. And um, so when you have all those people that are saying, I've been to doctor after doctor after doctor, what they're saying is I've been at to person after person that isn't listening to a damn thing. Doesn't I listen. Right. Doesn't listen. Doesn't listen. Yeah. 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 I have, um, this is, is probably one of the more like, what the fuck stories <laughs> that I have, um, from one of my clients. Um, she came in, I started seeing her a little over a year ago. So almost, almost a year and a half ago. Um, I just met her randomly at a dog park. Um, I actually also have a German shepherd and, um, I was at a dog park and our dog started playing and we started talking and she said, what do you do? And I told her what I did. And she was like, huh? So let me ask you a question. <laughs> um, so she starts coming in. She had not been officially diagnosed with anything, but she had literally been diagnosed with everything, every possible autoimmune condition you'd ever heard of, including half a dozen that you had no idea even existed. Yeah. She had been diagnosed with this disease and that disease and all sorts of, I mean, like the woman was on close to 30 medications when I first started seeing her. And, uh, we start, you know, trying to unpack the, the different things that she's experiencing a lot of them really just sound like chronic inflammation. Um, a lot of them really sound like a compendium of old injuries that just like never really got handled well. 
Um, there is some, you know, potential TBI stuff from her military history. So then there's like some neurological issues going on. And but it, hormone stuff too. And then hormone stuff. Exactly. Yep. And, um, you know, so we're just like trying to sort through everything. And over the course of this past year and a half, and I, I'm not taking all the credit because it's not all just work that I've done. Like she has also been doing work on her own and investigation on her own and sorting things out with her physicians, but she's not taking any medications anymore. Yeah. She doesn't have any of the symptoms that she used to have. And she's like back to living life as a relatively normal person with like a minor degree of fatigue every once in a while. Whereas like we're talking four years ago, this woman could not pull herself out of bed. And a year and a half ago when I met her standing in a dog park for 30 minutes with her dog was enough to wipe her out for the rest of the day. Like it and, and she has been so frustrated by the lack of attention to detail of what she has said to a physician. And it's just like every time, you know, for the first like nine months that she would come in, she would tell me another story of, I had a physician tell me that, you know, X, Y, Z would mean blah, blah, blah. And then I told him, yeah, I told you that two weeks ago and you told me I was wrong. And it was just like story after story after story of this. It, it is mind blowing to me that this is how our medical system operates. And again, I'm not anti-Western med by any stretch. Like science is fabulous. Go science. Um, but there is a problem with the way it gets executed, man. Yeah. You just need to get it together. Like, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Well, and, and so like, I understand that it's a business, but you need to take the profit out of it because the profit is what's driving us to do these 10 minute, 15 minute consultations. And you can't hear somebody in that amount of time. That's the reason why I didn't have a 15 minute podcast with people. You know what I mean? That's like, and so it's uh, you know, and the problem with, um, the autoimmune symptoms that are coming from chronic inflammation is a lot of them are very similar, but spread out over different causes. So you really have to really pay attention and ask the right questions to determine exactly what it is and where it's coming from. Yeah. And it's uh, cause you can't just like bunch people in, you know what I mean? And so like, you know, one of the common things is um, uh, migraine headaches. Mm -hmm. Why well, have a migraine headache? Cool, here's a pill. Get out of my face. Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why do you have a migraine headache? Like, where's it coming from? You know, and, uh, um, you know, people with, like, former military, especially people who have seen combat, they all have TBIs. And so they all have TBIs, so they're, all of their pituitary glands are screwed up, and they are all have hormone problems, all of them. And so, like, especially with, like, males, if you just get them – if you just get them on testosterone replacement, yeah. all of their PTSD symptoms go away. All this stuff goes away. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's like this simple solution to this cataclysmic problem that people aren't paying attention to. And I had a friend who was a first force recon Marine. Um, and he ended up committing suicide back in 2014. And this is all stuff that I found out after his death. 
you know, and he had a TBI and he had PTSD and he had survivor's remorse and he had all the stuff. But if we just had him on testosterone replacement, yeah, he would have been alive today. You know what maybe I mean? Maybe a little serotonin. Maybe a little serotonin, you know, but I mean, we'll go, we'll go after what we need, you know, like, <laughs> like, but he was on just this myriad of different pills and antidepressants who like the antidepressants like you gotta wonder like if you're on an antidepressant and one of the side effects is suicidal tendencies you're like really really though is this what we're doing is that (laughs) oh my god we're so weird like and it's and i think um one thing that this coronavirus is exposing is how broken a lot of these systems are you know and it's uh I'm really grateful for that. But, you know, once I got through um, the the depression and anxiety and, you know, I give myself time to do like time with that stuff, with those emotions, like, okay, we're going to be depressed and we're going to have a lot of anxiety, but we're only going to have it until tomorrow. And then we got to get our shit together. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, after my gym shut down, um, I woke up the next day, like really excited at all these new opportunities that I have time to do and stuff to accomplish. You know what I mean? And so it's, uh, there's, you know, going back to that mindset thing where, you know, people are just so defeated already and you're just like, God, there's so much opportunity. Like, yeah, like all this stuff that you wanted to do when you couldn't do it, now you can. So what are you doing? (laughs) I know. Oh my God. So what's, uh, what are all the other things you're working on now too? Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll try and give like a highlight bullet point. So, um, I started making a subscription platform two years ago and I was having one custom built for me and, um, I was ready to take it live just about two weeks before this whole nonsense with coronavirus hit. And, um, I had a a third party go in and just like do a quick systems check on the website to make sure that everything was kosher. Um, And they came back and told me that it had been built really poorly and that it wasn't secure. And the likelihood that my uh, like clients using the system, that their information, like their, their personal health data or their credit card information would be highly susceptible to theft. (laughs) I was like, great. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) So we're not ready is what you're saying. So we're not going to take this live is I guess what that means. Right. Um, and so simultaneously I had been working on a custom app creation as well. So I was like super stoked. I was like getting ready to launch this platform and my app and like all these things I've been working so hard on for years. And, uh, and then I find this out about the subscription platform and I was like, Oh shoot. And then, um, the app developers just kind of stopped responding to my emails. So that was fun. And, uh, and I, for, for a hot minute, meaning like four days, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. And I thought, you know, maybe they just, someone got sick or whatever. And they just, and this is again, this is before everything happened with coronavirus. Um, but it turns out that no, they just um, aren't as capable as I thought that they were. And so all of this money that I paid them to have an app, I don't, I don't have an app. And <laughs> 
So um, I started trying to figure out what I was going to do with all this content that I had built. And um, I looked into a bunch of different possibilities, including someone else building me a website and then looking at timelines for that and someone else making an app and the timelines for that. And it was just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this again. I'm just not, I'm not mentally in a headspace where I want to invest that kind of time or money again. So um, I, I decided that I was going to resort to teachable and I say resort to because I I would prefer something to be mine and custom branded and all of that stuff. Um, but at this point, I just want to get the content out there. Yeah. Is, so. Which is when it can transition to whatever you want. You know exactly. what I mean? So like the story I keep talking about in my podcast is I had 32 episodes and I was um, interviewing another podcaster. And he's like, how come you don't have a microphone? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, Oh, aren't you a podcaster? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, you should have a microphone. And I'm like, I guess. But that was like, <laughs> you know, like 32 episodes in. You know what I mean? So like, it, it's important that you just start. Like it, doesn't have, start. it doesn't have to be perfect. Just start something. Exactly. You know? And it's, uh, exactly. man. And so yeah. these people that are just, you know, there's, and it's a common thing. And I'm not talking down on them, but like, the, that need something to be perfect in order to launch it. That's just not how the world works. No, you, know ever, I mean? you just ever. have to constantly be improving your product as you go. And so that's right. one thing that I'm doing with like my on, online kin stretch and uh, functional mobility classes is, you know, I'm like, well, what if I try this? Oh, well, I didn't push record that time. God dang it. And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, and then you know, the number of issues that I've had with recording content. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then there's times where I'm recording content and I get to the end and I'm like, how do I finish this? And then, so I talk for like four minutes and then I'm just standing there like an idiot and I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> so I didn't rehearse the end obviously. So now I'm just standing around <laughs> like a dope trying to figure it out. And so, um, but then, you know, then unforeseen circumstances arise like, you know, all of a sudden Zoom needs passwords because, totally. because, you know, they went from a couple million to like 40 million people using Zoom. And then there's somebody that just ruins everything. So there's a one kid that can keep screwing everything up. So nobody gets recess, you know, exactly. so they're just going in and just interrupting and using racial slurs because they're bored and don't have an imagination and suck as humans and you know and you're just like damn it so then there's all these people trying to get in what a password where'd that come from like i have no idea i don't know you know so it's just like you know that's but that's part of starting a business is just one challenge after another and you're just constantly trying to figure stuff out and just god dang and it's just this constant effort and trying to to put out fires even when stuff is going well you know so it's like we wouldn't have a new one of these every year if products were perfect the first time right exactly and so they keep figuring out all the stuff and you know zoom launched this thing and then now they're just like oh well this isn't working and so we need to make this and they're just everybody and so right now the the digital space is just exploding and so trying to figure out the infrastructure and bandwidth needed and all kinds of stuff, people are all trying to figure it out. So you should figure it out too. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. So how do you, and to, you know, speaking on like 
a lot of the people that I know that are remedial massage therapists that don't have the skill set to help people digitally. Mm-hmm. That's like your downfall. You know what I mean? Yeah. You should be paying attention to the patterns that people see and the releases yeah. that you, the releases that you do on those people that come in. Yes. Because for the most part, like everybody has the same stuff. Yeah. And so when they come in, oh, try this and try this. What? You're a genius. No, I see you all the time. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's, uh, which is really weird and something that I haven't been able to figure out is like how so many people, different people across so many different walks of life have the same dysfunction. Dude, dude, I have thought about this. My solution or my answer to that is that the human body is just not done evolving. Right. You know, like it, it, the, the mechanics of our body haven't evolved to our new style of life yet. Right. And so these, that's the only thing that makes sense to me because there are, they're very common and they're, they're use patterns. Right. Right. I mean, like we all have knots, knots. We all have them right here. Right. Right. All of us, every single one of us, some of us, some of them are active and some aren't active, but every single one of us have them. Right. Wow. And so everybody has an anterior rotated pelvis on the right hand side. Yeah. Everyone. And so if I release the iliacus on that side, their back pain goes away for the most part. Yeah. And then they're just like, what? And then I'm like, ah, now I got to figure out what to do with like the rest of this appointment. You know what I mean? Yeah. I made it but every once in a while you get that one that comes in and they're just super fascinating. And you're like, oh yes, I get to, I get to, I get to mess around thing. with you. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. All right. Man, we just blew through just well over an hour, I think. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I know. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Where can people find you? What, what's, oh, what's you on? can find me at www.completewellbeing.co or christinaweary.com if you want to keep it simple. It's just my name. All of my social media are the same. It's Christina Weary, all the things, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. There is one other Christina Weary, but she works at Hooker or at Hookers at Hooters. <laughs> Guardian slip. <laughs> so I think it's really clear that we are not the same person. <laughs> right. Right on. And so that's where you can go to find out all the content that you're releasing. And all, all the, the things, content. all the online programs, all the in-person stuff, all the all. Yeah. Right on. Perfect. Well, I'd like to get you on after all this is over to kind of discuss, you know, how we move on from here and kind of do a yeah. follow up from there. Absolutely. It'd be a blast. All right, Maybe perfect. We Thank can, you we so can much. Talk about nutrition next time. Oh, whatever you want. You know, that's <laughs> so I have uh the first like three or four podcasts that I did were just super clunky because I'm like, oh, I gotta interview this person so I can write down all the questions and Oh then, yeah, no. Yeah. So now I just jump on and let people yeah. talk about whatever they want. So it gets super awesome. All right, my <laughs> friend. <laughs> Thank you so much. You are welcome, sir. Have a wonderful evening. Absolutely, you as well.